hash mark angle to the left for Adams and Terry. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. to episode 36 of the Loudest Sports Show, brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And I am here, as always, broadcasting from the Pat Cave with uh, my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. It is Slashes the Ice Queen. Are you ready for some playoffs? I'm always ready for playoffs. Round two! We actually have the... uh, We have the... uh, the Canadiens Maple Leafs game on, and they're showing the uh, longest title droughts in the four major sports in Toronto's fourth 52 years. Uh, only 21 years behind uh, the Cardinals. So, I mean, hooray. Although I did see uh, a thing a while ago, somebody saying that uh, they, um, it was a meme, and they were making fun of them. <coughs> what do you, what do you, Looking at nothing. Just mind no, your business. Yeah. She's playing with stuff on the on the outline. Mind I your don't business. Know what she's doing. It is my business. You're touching my stuff. Touch, touch. Um, but there was a a meme that went around. It was like Toronto Maple Leafs. You know the new Toronto Maple Leafs bra. Lots of support, but no cup. Oh. The first time I saw that was 2013 after uh, the Bruins beat them, and you know that's that. Bergeron, Bergeron call by, uh, mm-hmm. by, uh, uh, yes. by uh, Jack Edwards. Uh, actually, no, I don't know. It wasn't Jack Edwards. That was um, Dave Gosher. Dave Gosher, who uh, used to be on the Sports Hub with Bob Beers, and now it's Judd Surratt. Uh, although I will say one of the best things that Dave Gosher ever did was uh, because he used to, you know, the 98.5, the Sports Hub out here in, uh, in, in the Boston area. They broadcast all the Bruins games and Celtics and Patriots, but they uh, they ha- they would have the they have these guys call in, like the color commentary guys call in and you know talk about the team and whatnot because you know they have the insider information. They mm-hmm. they have different you know it's different from talking to a player or a coach or a GM and whatnot. Um, and they did a bit with him, uh, like calling. Various uh, sports movies, like they did, um, they did uh, the Karate Kid, like and like he was doing like the play-by-play for the oh, end of really? Karate Kid. Uh, apparently, what he would do is he would uh, go visit one of his neighbors because the neighbor's kid liked to play hockey on his Xbox or whatever, and he would just have Gosher like call the game as he was playing. Oh, that's fun. so like he'd play with his friends, and Gosher would come over and just call the game. 
which I thought was amazing. Which, I hope that I hope that kid realized how lucky he was. I know that's pretty great. Like that—that's pretty fantastic. But you know, we're we're talking playoffs, you know, because that's what's going on in two of the four major sports right now. So, slashes. Uh, our our opening face-off this week is: what is the biggest <coughs> upset you've ever seen? So. I really, and we're talking about what you've seen, what you've witnessed, either from your couch or if you had the opportunity to go to a game in person. We're not talking ever, and this is obviously personal opinion. Um, I really had to think about this because I'm a Bruins fan, and there are so many times the Bruins have let us down. Um, you know, you, you, you love them and you hate them at the same time. Uh, so I really had to think. And after doing a little bit of uh, just kind of thumbing through some some old games and stuff, the series against the Washington Capitals right after they won the Stanley Cup. Yep, they're they're starting their their title defense. Let's see, they were the second seed, and they were playing against Washington, who was the Seven. seventh seed. Mm-hmm. And they lost in game seven. It was heartbreaking because it was pretty much the same team that had won the Stanley Cup the year prior. And, you know, you don't always expect your team to win back-to-back cups. That doesn't always happen that in hockey. That hasn't happened in, like, forever. Uh, but you still expect this team to go far. And to be bounced out of the first round, the first round by the seventh seed, you know, and it went seven games. It's like that should not have happened. Well, the Penguins did it in 2016 and 2017. But prior to that, the last time somebody had won back to back uh, was the Red Wings who won it in 97, 98. And then prior to that was the Penguins again, 91 and 92. Those teams had Lemieux and Yager. Right. But it's not something that happens often. But it went 20. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it happened in, you know, 16 and 17. It was a 16. Yeah, 16 and 17. But prior to that, it was, you know. Like 20 years. 97, 98. Yeah. So it had been 20 years. And prior to that, it had been 20 years or 10 years. Since it, and that was, you know, the Oilers, but they won in 88, 87, 85, 84. The Islanders won three in a row. The Canadians won four in a row. Philly won two in a row. But I just I just remember being so, like, that was equally upset and just disgusted by the outcome of that series. See, that, to me... Just, just utterly um, heartbroken. That sucked. That absolutely sucked. You would have expected your team to go a little farther, but that was back when they had Braden Holtby, who was just the Bruins' nemesis. They could not beat him. They could smoke Henrik Lundqvist, and they did Mm -hmm. every time they played him, but for some fucking reason, Braden Holtby was their kryptonite. I was so happy to see him leave and go to Vancouver uh, this offseason. So I was so happy for that because, like, all right, good. They've got this Samsonov kid. Let's see what happens. But he's not Braden Holtby, who has owned the Bruins for, you know, almost a decade. I was going to say, much of his career. So, yeah, that was just, I mean, you expect so much from your team. 
Uh, I, you expect so much from your team, period. But you especially expect a lot from your team uh, coming off of a win. The title defense. Like that, yeah. Yeah, and, you know. Dual Montreal just scored again. It's 3 nothing. The second seed playing the seventh seed. Now, I mean, granted, we've seen some crazy upsets, uh, but I went with something that where, you know, I kind of had a dog in this fight. Mm -hmm. It affected me. I, uh, I I couldn't talk about it for a while. No, you know, I, I, I went to work the next day, and, and my coworkers are like, "My condolences." I remember it was moment of it silence. was devastating. Uh, yeah, you know, you just it was just it was yeah. I mean, there were a couple of times where they won the president's trophy, and then got bounced in like the second round, like 2008. I'm uh, no, not eight, twelve. Uh, when they were like the number one seat last year, when they were. Far by far and away the best fucking team in hockey. Well, I and mean, last year, I, last year was heartbreaking, but last year, uh, last year was different. Like yeah. there's a little asterisk right, but aside they were, from last year because of the break in between. But they were on a roll. They right. were no, so good. If if they had kept, if they were able to keep up that momentum, if if COVID didn't happen, if they didn't have that break, yeah, I think they the Boston won. Bruins would have been your Stanley Cup champions for 2020. Like I, there, there's no doubt in my mind that that would have happened. Um, but obviously, that that's not how things played out. But I think that they have a really good shot this year. And we'll talk yeah. about that a little more yeah, after we'll, the break. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, for me, uh, one of the biggest upsets, and, you know, the Patriots beating the Rams in the uh, 01 Super Bowl. Um, they were 14-point underdogs to the greatest show on turf, and they that defense played exceedingly well. Uh, Brady did a, a you know a pretty good drive at the end there, just to to set it up for Vinatieri, who we will also be talking about a little later on. Uh, I don't, you know, I think Vinatieri should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl, but that's that's me or Ty Law, not Brady. I mean, Brady wasn't spectacular in that game. He was good on that last drive, but the Rams' defense wasn't anything to write home about. It was the offense that was the 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 main story. And I think the thing that uh, a lot of people may not remember, but the biggest thing for me was, you know, when they get introduced to the Super Bowl, they were the Rams came out like they introduced the offense first because, you know, the record setting offense with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and, you know, Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, like, you know, all these guys that are in the fucking Hall of Fame now. And when the Patriots came out, they were introduced as a team. Like, like you know, being introduced as a team – you know, the New England Patriots and you know, as opposed to just doing the offense. Oh, Toronto just scored three to one. Um so that's one. Uh one that I didn't, you know, I had no rooting interest in whatsoever. Um the uh two thousand seven NBA playoffs, the year that Dirk Nowitzki got MVP. Typically yeah. what they do is in the second round of the playoffs, they give the MVP his trophy because unlike some sports, the MVP is always in the playoffs because he's on a good team, mm-hmm. which, again, we'll get to my Mike Trout feelings later on. Um, again? again? Well, I made a call a couple weeks ago, and we'll see how I fared on it. Because I want to be fair and balanced and, you know, both sides of this, of the argument. If I want to say that I'm right, 
I have to prove that I'm right. If I want, if I'm wrong, then I'll say that I'm wrong. Unlike me, who is always right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, it was the 2007 NBA playoffs. The uh, the uh, Mavericks were just so. I think they won like 65 games, 66 games, some shit like that. They were so good. They were the number one seed in the West. And remember, that's when. You know, Kobe and the Lakers were at the height of their powers. Um, 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 uh, the San Antonio was still really, really good. Like, they were still winning championships. I think they won it that year. Um, but uh, they got bounced in the first round by the Golden State Warriors, and it was the first time that the number one seed had lost to the number eight seed, if I remember correctly. I believe that was the first time. Um it was Baron Davis, 100%. I said he was doing uh, an amazing uh, Clubber Lang from Rocky Three impression. I can't be beat, and I won't be beat. Like, he was just, he was so good. He was so good in that series. And they absolutely demoralized the, uh, the, the uh, Mavericks, who did come back and win a championship uh, shortly thereafter. Um but yeah, that was that was a rough one. Um, that was a rough year for them. Uh, so that was it. That was a huge, huge upset. I'm sure there's tons and tons more. You know, anytime a number eight seed. You know, there was a, a few years ago when Gonzaga was a no-name college that was tearing up the uh, the everybody's NCAA brackets. I want to say it was like '99, 2000, somewhere in there. Like Gonzaga just kept winning all these. You know. All these games, because they were like a 15, 16 seed, 14 seed, somewhere in there. Um, and they just kept upsetting all these teams. I think they made it to the Elite Eight. You know, they they weren't like the powerhouse program that they are now. You know, you know, like a Duke or a North Carolina. Like, those are the teams that they were beating. And they were just like a bunch of guys. Um, so I thought that was that was a pretty good one. Uh, I mean, I, I, you could go as far as saying that the 2011 Bruins were significant underdogs against uh, Vancouver. Like, Vancouver had the edge everywhere. I mean, I believe Vancouver won the President's Trophy that year as well. They did. Vancouver had the edge when it came to, like, they had the two of the, like, top five scoring guys in Sedin and, and Sedin, um, you know, Marchand was not the prolific goal scorer. I don't think they had anybody that was a prolific goal scorer. You know, Krejci and Horton were like the the main driving forces of the offense. You know, Bergeron too, but you know, Bergeron was more of a setup man than anything else. Bergeron was still kind of uh, coming into his own. He was a passer first. He was. He's. It's not he like he was a he was a playmaker first right. and foremost. Versus now he's a he's a playmaker and you know he's, he'll he's take added the shot before right instead of just passing it up to get to an open teammate. Like if he's open, he will fucking rip a shot with which we saw him do in game five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dude ended up with two goals. So. But you know, and and that can be said about you know any team that is swept too. I mean, you know, there are a Not lot anytime. of time like uh, we expected Colorado to sweep. Right. St. But Louis. there are there are some upsets when it comes to one team sweeping another, especially if it's a lower seated team that, you know, sweeping any, a higher seated team. Yeah. But that doesn't happen like ever. 
Like, it's very rare that that happens. Even Didn't Winnipeg just do that to Edmonton? Yeah, but that was the two and the three seed. It's not like they were light years apart. Uh, but still, but still. Like, right, it, but it, I, it, I wouldn't put that as like a major upset, especially in hockey. A two and a three, a seven and a two, yes. Even a six and a three, yes. But a two and a three, no. No, not not in that not in that situation. I mean, I. Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you though. I'm gonna say yes because you know the the seating is too close. It should be more of a fight. It should be, but you as, would you would expect the number one seated team to sweep the number eight. Right, but this year it wasn't like it was one and four. Well, no, I I, I get that. But this year these I, 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 I hear what you're saying like with the two teams that are very close, one team shouldn't sweep the other. But when it comes to hockey. Like we've seen, a hot goalie, a good goalie, will beat good offense well, I mean, every and, time. And, you know, this particular year of playoffs is different, obviously, because of the restructuring of the divisions. You know, these teams have seen only these teams within their mm-hmm. division for the past season. So they should you have know? a lot of tape so, well, well, and that's predominantly why there have been over 20 overtimes played mm-hmm. in just this first round alone, yeah. which is fucking crazy. And t- and that is crazy. Speaking of the series you're talking about, that one ended in triple overtime. Um, right. That's because Mike Smith finally decided to have a decent game, and he waited until his team was down 3 Mike Smith was good for the Arizona Coyotes 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago. Yeah. He's 39. He doesn't have it. They relied all year, and I kept saying this. He's definitely running out of steam. Oh, no, I, I expect him to retire. They need a new goalie. But, um, you know, we'll get into that. But, I, you know, I fully expected um, – I thought that was going to go seven. I did think Edmonton might be able to squeak it out. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that Connor Hellebuck, who is probably going to win the Vezina um, – Shut He's down that team. Oh, God. Actually, He's no, he won't He won't win the Vezina. I'm sorry. Uh, Fleury will. Uh, I, I think no. it's going to come down to the two. But, uh, Fle- I mean, Fleury, Fleury's been playing out of his goddamn mind, Fleury too. had the best um, season of his career at age 36. Like, Fleury's... And, I mean, good for him. And it on, only because of a tiebreaker... Did his team not win the president's trophy? Right. No, that's true. That's true. Like, Vegas has been. It came just down to like a goddamn coin flip. Extra, yeah. Um, so before we talk any more hockey, let's take a quick break. Yeah, we'll, we'll do and a break. When and when we we'll... come back, we are talking everything and anything 2021 NHL playoff hockey. <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary.
In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I'm here to tell you about Slip Sports. All new clients for this online sports book receive $100 in free play just for signing up. From the casual players to the high rollers, everybody can take advantage of this offer and the live betting, online casino, horse racing, and more. Sign up with the Freeman app and send a request to basketballjones at post.com to get started. Tell them the angry nerd sent you. And we are back. So there's a lot to uh, to talk about because a lot of stuff has happened in the past week when it comes to uh, the NHL. So Slash is the ice queen. Take it away. The Bruins are moving on to the second round, and they will be facing the Islanders. Yes. Uh, Islanders beat the Penguins 5-3 in game six. And uh, in the four losses that they had, uh, if you look at Wikipedia, <laughs> his name has been tra- changed. Uh, they call him Trash Can instead of Tristan Jari. Uh, he gave up a total of 16 games in the four losses. Not that he was great in the wins. I think they won one game 2-1 to one and another game 5-4. to four. You know, sometimes the fact that anybody, just anybody, can uh, edit Wikipedia is a fantastic thing. Yes, and generally right after a playoff loss, especially a humbling playoff loss, uh, Check out like you know the main the main characters that are in it. You know maybe a a goalie or a high high end offensive talent like Connor McDavid, which I didn't. But you know I, I put all the blame on uh, the reason why they won, the reason why uh, why uh, Winnipeg won was because of their defense, which was stellar, and their mm-hmm. goaltending, which was astronomical, and the fact that. Mike Smith was terrible, but we'll we'll get to it. Yeah, so the Penguins have now lost 15 of their last 19 playoff games, which is not good for the Penguins. Yeah, they need a new goalie. Uh, I think they regret letting Mark andre Fleury and Matt Murray leave. Yes. Uh, Tristan Jari. Was Choices. Su- again, they won the division, but again, mm. 
that Buffalo was in this division, New Jersey was in this division, the Rangers were in this division, and the Rangers just had the number one overall pick last year, Alex Lafreniere, who I think only had a couple of goals all year because he's still adjusting to the new game, you know, the, the speed of the uh, the big boy game. So, I don't know. I, I um, The one thing I thought was uh, interesting was Islanders fans chanting, yep. we want Boston. But do they? So, we have discussed on this show many times the struggles that the Bruins have had against uh, against, the, against Islanders. the Islanders, right? So initially, uh, towards the beginning of the season, up until about the middle of the season, uh, until the, after the trade deadline, was it? yeah, until after the trade deadline, uh, the Bruins could not win against the Islanders. They, they were just o- couldn't. O three and two, outscored fourteen to five, including one shutout, which was a two nothing game at the beginning of the year. I think at the first game they played, mm-hmm. right after the it was game three. And a 7-2 to loss, like right after. I think they had lost to the Rangers or they had beaten the Rangers. And somebody got uh, – Bergeron was out that game. Like Bergeron had gotten hurt. He had hurt his foot or something. So Bergeron was out, and they come out and get smoked 7-2. to uh, No, no, I'm thinking of a different game. But, they, yeah, they lost 7-2. to Since the acquisitions of Hall, Lazar, and Riley – the Bruins are three and zero and outscored them ten to three. Yeah. So initially, upon you know making my playoff predictions, I honestly thought that the Penguins were going to beat the Islanders. I thought it was going to go, I think, six games. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a pretty decent matchup, but I, I thought the Penguins were going to prevail because I know for a fact that the Bruins can beat the Penguins. You know. The Bruins have had some issues with the Islanders. However, I think that with the way the Bruins have been progressively getting better with every game that they've played in the playoffs. And this is not the same team that started the playoffs. This is not the same team that played at the trade deadline. This is not the same team that started this season. I would say that, you know, they've been really impressive. If not for a lucky bounce, they could have swept swept uh, uh, Washington they, uh, right yes. out. Yeah. You know, and, and I was really, I mean, I, I thought that was going to go seven games. I did too. Just, through, you know, given through the first three stuff. Through the first three games of that series, Washington had outplayed Boston by a wide margin. They had led for 40 minutes compared to Boston's eight. But like two of those times were won in overtime. Mm-hmm. So... You know, one by that Craig Smith goal, which was phenomenal, like, hustle play. The Marshand goal. The Marshand goal goal in game two. So, like, they led, but, like, they led at the end of the game. Like, in the first two games, they never led. They were down 0-1. They were tied 1-1, down 2-1, tied 2-2, and lost 3-2 in overtime. They never led until the end of the game in game two. They came out. And played really well in game three and were able to uh, to hang on and win in overtime. And then game four, they uh, uh, yeah, games four and five, they just put their foot on their throats and didn't let them up. 
you know, they've been playing with a lot of heart. They've been playing smart as well. Um, you know, Marshan was chippy for the first three games, but he, I, I feel like he's gotten that out of his system. And the Islanders don't necessarily play that kind of game either. I, so, they I mean, did against the Penguins for the first couple of games. Remember the 11 guys in the penalty uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it'll be <laughs> There's been a lot of to, games to keep track of. I, yeah, I just, oh, my goodness. Uh, there's this meme going around of, uh, you know, like the the Leo in um, Django making the face, like the... Yeah, the smiling uh, face. But it's him with, like, dark on circles under his eyes holding a Red Bull, and the caption is... 20 OTs in 11 games. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Homegirl has not slept much. Uh, I will, worth it. I totally say, worth it. Uh, Thank God for Dun this. This girl runs on Dunkin'. Let's yes. put it that way. Please sponsor us. Dunkin Thank Donuts. God for the Dunkin' Donuts right also, near my house. I will also say, yeah, there's three on the way to on the way to your job. I know. You know what? I mean, honestly, some mornings I'm almost done my first one. And two of them are right on the same. You can just so pull I in and pull pop in right and out. <laughs> like you don't have to wait for traffic on the morning. opposite side. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of games to keep a, a track of. But I was gonna say. Uh, the teams, the, the team that we saw for the first half of the season prior to the trade deadline is not the team that we saw. Marshan finally got going. Pasternak. Pasternak and Hall well, scored two of the best goals I've seen all goddamn season. Oh, my God. We were having this conversation in the car the other day. Who... Who had the better goal? Right. And uh, I think I got to give it to Hall. He, the he Hall put goal, a little, the little spin, the little zest on it. Hall's goal... All right, for those over. of you who don't remember, Hall took it at the right point, so on the goalie's left. And he came across, and he had the goalie on his right side. He did a 180 on his skates, took the puck, and flipped it up over Samsonov's left shoulder and in. Pasternak's goal. Beautiful. What, and that was to tie it 2-2. Two to two. Correct. Pasternak's goal. Right, these goals were these both were, same Game. No, this oh, no, was a couple no, they games apart. See, this is it's just Pasternak's all goal, into each other. He decided, he, he pulled a Thanos and said, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Puts the puck between his own skates, catches it. So he that's how he jukes out one guy. Catches it on his forehand, pulls it to his backhand around another guy, skates to his right, goalie left, and just fucking Buried it, but he went around three guys and the goalie to do it. But I mean, he had been hungry for a goal. He had been shooting that, and falling down a lot. Uh, I believe that was the first goal of that the was, playoffs for him. He had twenty-one shots through three games, including nine in game three, and hadn't hadn't uh, hadn't, hadn't found scored. the back of the net. Yeah. He so. had a couple of good uh, good passes. He had a couple of, uh, you know, excellent looks. There were a couple times where he had a wide open net and he just kind of alligator armed it and, you know, whiffed completely. Uh, we saw Ovechkin do the same thing. I think it might have been the ice conditions. It was, you de generally don't see elite level goal scoring talent, you know, whiff on wide open shots like that. So game one of this matchup is Saturday night at 8 p.m., at, the, at garden, the garden. And it's going to be near full capacity. So that's kind of exciting. 
And fun fact, this is the first postseason meeting between these two franchises since the 1983 Eastern Conference Finals. And based on what I was just looking at with the um, with the um, with the uh, I believe that uh, the Islanders went on to win the championship that year. I think that was in that run where they had like they won two, then they. I know it's been a while here. Let me look it up. Oh no, I I, I went over it earlier. I'm pretty sure I, the, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier when I was going through and, you know, they had won I think eighty six, eighty seven, but they had also won like eighty three, eighty four. Uh, Mark Messier was on that team. Uh, Grant Fuhr, I believe. I'm. I think Gretzky as well. I think those were the four that Gretzky won. Because Gretzky does have four rings to go along with his 10. Yeah, so the New York, New York Islanders have won the Stanley Cup four times. In 1980, 1981, 1982, and 1983. All right, so it was... All right, so I was, I was looking at it. Oh, I was looking at Edmonton. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they won it four years in a row... 80, 81, 82, 83. And, and then Edmonton won the next two, then Montreal, then Edmonton won two more, right. then Calgary, but then they, Edmonton. They haven't <laughs> won a cup since 83. So. I don't think they've even been there since then. Um, that's so weird. I'm looking at Stanley Cup winners, and it goes, you know, Red Wings, Red Wings, Dallas Stars, New Jersey Devils, Patrick Eliash, who apparently by himself won in 2000. Oh, good for and him. And then, then the Avalanche, and then the Red Wings, and then uh, Brian Rafalski. Maybe that's supposed to be like the Con Smythe winner, but like they didn't. Yeah. So anyways, um, as we mentioned earlier, Edmonton swept out of the playoffs by Winnipeg. Which was, I mean, honestly, completely surprising to me. I was not expecting that. I thought that the team of McDavid and Dreisaitl were going to get something going. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse. I, uh, oh, my God. This team has so much. You know what they, they remind so me of? They have so many offensive They're talents. They're top-heavy. They're very top-heavy. Um, and we were watching Connor McDavid. If you've never watched this dude... It's almost He's, like it's effortless. It's like what they used to do, what the what the Rams used to do with Jerome Bettis. They would line him up deeper in the backfield than you would normally uh, do it with a running back because he was su such a uh, he was like two hundred and forty pounds, but he had seventeen percent body fat, so he was just like a fucking cannonball. So you give him like all this momentum coming through the backfield, and watching McDavid, it's like. Watching a pro team against an amateur team when he is on the ice. And one of the biggest things. Now, we've been talking about the referees quite a bit. He took a knee-on-knee -knee hit, and it wasn't called. It was right in front of the ref. He was being grabbed. He was being hit. He drew zero penalties in six periods of hockey in that last game. Zero. Like, we were talking about this, and we were saying, like, this is the... The, the absolute difference between hockey and, you know, football or definitely basketball because the face of the team. Like, can you imagine Steph Curry or LeBron or Giannis or Kevin Durant having somebody grab them and they don't call a, a foul? Like, these guys. Yeah. I watched Dwayne Wade throw Rajon Rondo to the ground, grab him and throw him to the ground. And they called a foul on Rondo. 
I watched Draymond Green uh, intentionally fall, holding on to Anthony Davis when Davis was on the Pelicans, and trip him, and they called a foul on Davis. Superstars in that league, certain teams in that league. Terry Bradshaw once told a story about how he was about to get sacked from behind. He was about to take a vicious hit from behind. And the referee yelled at him to duck. Tom, How many times have we seen Tom Brady shaking hands with the referees or the referees celebrating with Tom Brady? You don't think Brady gets calls? Bullshit. We've seen it for two decades. It's like that in the NFL. Your superstar players, with the exception of Cam Newton, because Cam used to always get fucking leveled and they would never call it. Um, your superstar players always get the calls. Even if the calls are iffy or it doesn't exist, it goes to that team or that player. Um, when you see the NHL, you know your higher-end players don't always get the calls. Referees will sometimes swallow their whistles and just let the guys play. But, like, you know, big stuff should be called. A knee-on-knee oh, hit yeah. on the face of your—on the guy who just won the fucking Art Ross and probably will end up winning the uh, Hart Memorial Trophy as league MVP, although I really hope it's Marchand. Uh, that dude takes a knee-on-knee hit, which they are really trying to get out of hockey— because it's so da- so many guys have you know been seriously injured, missed mm-hmm. significant time, and it happens in front of the referee, and they don't call that. Like, you know, in other sports, they would absolutely like, "Yep, uh, you're ejected." Like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's terrible. But at the same time, I like the fact that you know you don't have these guys that are just getting the benefit of every fucking call. You know, you're not constantly seeing, you know, teams on the. Uh, you know, like Edmonton being on the power play or, you know, in Washington, in Washington's case, watching Ovechkin anytime he does anything, you know, if he gets hit, you know, okay, well, it's got to be a penalty because they hit him. You know, I think mainly with that, because in eight out of 10 cases, Ovechkin is the one initiating contact. This is true. Yes. (laughs) Because he's just that, that fucking awesome. Um, But yeah, I'm just, you know, um, I I think that, you know, like I said, Mike Smith, not good in that series. I just, you know, Edmonton has so much talent on their f- top lines, on their front lines, I should say. They're the top six. Um, top six forwards are fucking filthy. They need a good goalie. They need good defensemen. They need somebody who's going to be able to protect the net so the offense can go out and do its thing. Now, Darnell Nurse is a solid fucking defenseman. Like, no, he's a he guy is. you could build a but core like, around. I mean, if you notice... Uh, he's the best he defenseman in the North. playing a lot of minutes. He had 50 minutes going into the second overtime. Like, he was playing more minutes than any of the other defensemen that they had. Yeah, like, it, I mean... And you can't do that. Well, they, they were doing that, you know, they were double-shifting McDavid, double-shifting Dreisaitl, Double shifting Nugent Hopkins, double shifting Nurse, like they were going out there. It was like it was almost uh, uh, it was a weird thing to look out on the ice and not see one of those four guys at any time. Because like any time there was an offensive zone faceoff, McDavid's out there. Any time there was a power play, McDavid. Well, I mean, there weren't many, but uh, any time there was a chance 
that they could end it with like a quick shot off a face off McDavid and Nugent Hopkins are out there like if they can get a good goalie and what my proposal I don't think it'll happen but my proposal I would love to see them get Carey Price if they could somehow trade for Carey Price who is under contract until 2026 when he will be 39 um, but he's at a very reasonable number. I looked this up earlier today. He's only making one and a half to two million dollars per year because when they signed him to his huge deal, it was like a seventy-one million dollar contract. They gave him a fifty million dollar signing bonus, mm-hmm. so yeah. or, or something ridiculous like whatever they signed him to. It was, no, it was eighty-four million. Seventy-one of it was a signing bonus. Yeah, so it was a way to kind of uh, trick the salary cap. They do the same thing in the NFL all the time. You'll see like yes. guys want guaranteed money, but they'll convert it into a signing bonus to lower his cap hit. But that's the NFL. In hockey, the salary cap is a real salary cap. You can't just like circumvent it. And it's not like the NBA where it's like, well. Uh, we have bird rights for this player, so we can go 150% above the salary cap to retain this player, which I think is a good thing because you get all these guys that are in smaller markets until they're just like, you know, I'm playing somewhere else. I'm playing some, you know, Anthony Davis forcing his way out of New Orleans, which forcing your way out of New Orleans to go play in L.A. Fuck that. I would want. I would rather stay in New Orleans. I mean, granted, L.A. had LeBron, but New Orleans had the number one pick that year. So, I don't know. But uh, I think Carey Price would be a good fit for them. Um, There's a couple other goalies that I think, you know, we'll have to see what free agency looks like. But, you know, maybe this is where where, uh, Yarrow Halak ends up. I mean, he's a decent enough goalie. Like, you know, he might let up three goals, he, but if you, you can know, score four. Ha- <clears throat> Excuse me. He still has a couple of years. I mean, they have a 39-year-old goalie. He, he's 36. He'll probably be 37 by the time the, the season starts, so maybe. But, uh, you know, in the off chance the Bruins don't sign Tuka Rask, if I'm Tuka, I'm going to Edmonton. Play with that offense in front of me. I would say that they have one of the top four power plays in the entire league, and I'm saying uh, – I'm going to go the uh, the Lightning have number one. Uh, they have number two. Bruins have number three and, and Washington number four. Probably Penguins with number five. You know, when you think about the offensive skill levels of these guys that are on there. So that's what I hope. I hope they get a good goalie because I think it would be much more interesting with Edmonton being a good team. So the Lightning shut out the Panthers to win their series 4-2 to two and await the winner of the Hurricanes-Predators series. So the Hurricanes currently lead 3-2. to two And, <clears throat> excuse me, Nikita Kucherov, the Lightning, currently leads the Stanley Cup playoffs in points. He has 11 of them. After missing the entire regular season, yeah, he came in his first game, and we were talking about, like, is he going to be rusty? What's going to happen? And he scored two power play goals. So, oh my God. and it's just, he was just so good. This is a guy who is an elite-level talent. He hadn't played since the last game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, so there's rumors 
circulating right now and, and people are kind of getting their their panties in a bunch, so to speak, uh, saying that he has been ready to go for a couple of months. He's been healthy. Uh, the Lightning have just been keeping him on the back burner because they didn't want to, you know, the the moment he steps foot out on that ice during the regular season, his salary goes against their cap. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have the cap space for him. They, they, you know, figured he would going to be he was going to be out for the the season because he had surgery. And they figured with the short the the shortened season and stuff that he was going to need all of this time to recoup, or or so they said that that was their their reasoning. So a lot of people are upset because you know saying that he's been healthy for a while. They knew he was going to come back for the playoffs. You know, they had him, uh, you know, how, how this is pretty much bullshit because they're just doing this because of cap space. Yeah, the way uh, the way it was uh, it was described when I read uh, an article about this, the playoffs have no salary cap. Um, so you can bring in any player that's you know, off waiver wires or whatever. But during the year, you're able to kind of put that player's salary off to the side. And they were able to bring in a bunch of other players like right. um, uh, Savard. They brought in Savard, which was a huge acquisition. And, you know, like they they, they were able to, you know, use their cap space uh, very wisely. Like that's the only way you can man- manipulate it. But they're also, before the season starts, they're going to have to make some major fucking cuts to Oh, their yeah, team. yeah. They cannot take this team. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you are dealing with allergies right now, like, more power to you. I cannot even function. I am all hopped up on antihistamines. This allergy season is fucking ridiculous, and I'm dying. Um, so, anyways, if you have allergies and you're dying, too, I feel your pain. Uh, yeah, so there's a, a lot of kind of like a, people, fans are really upset. Uh, some of the players are upset, too. But this is a thing that happens, you know, and this team, regardless of how well they do, will not be the team that plays next year because they don't have the cap space to keep everyone on their team. Right, and I'm I'm just kind of like you know, scrolling. and it's like who do you you know, depending on how far they get, you know, they're gonna have they're gonna have some decisions to make I mean, regardless. Hedman, uh, Tavares, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, those guys aren't going anywhere, and those are the guys that are going to be making all the money. I'm um, just looking at uh, you know talking about a couple of the teams that have been bounced. Um, you have. Uh, Two guys, Malkin and Chris Letang on the Penguins, who are entering the final season of their contract. Another guy who's on the is a free agent this year, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who is a guy who is uh, makes about six million. He's a very good, uh, very good penalty killer. Plays on their top power play unit, like we said, and is the type of guy that you want on your team if you want to win. Like, he could be a piece for a team like, say, Washington. Or, you know, if the Bruins decide to go in a different direction from David Krejci, you bring in Ryan Nugent Hopkins to center that second line because he's a decade younger. Make about the same amount of money, but the Bruins have 
Uh, what did we see the other day? Twenty-three million in cap space. Uh yeah, th- yeah. And that number Hall, sounds right. And Taylor Hall today said that he wants to be in Boston not just for the next year or two, but for the long term. Yeah, for the foreseeable future. Foreseeable future. That's and, what it was. And and not just like a couple of years, not short term, like long term. Which let's sidestep f- for just a moment. I give him six years, six million. I love Taylor Hall right now. He is loving hockey again. He is playing like he's having a really good time. And he said, because uh, you read the article, heard what he was yep. saying, um, he's enjoying himself. He he's likes having Boston more than he thought he would, is what he said. Exactly. You know, he wanted to come to Boston, and he's enjoying himself more than he thought he was going to. You know, he already had certain expectations and being a Bruin is just exceeding his expectations, which, you know, is exactly what you want to hear. He loves his teammates. You know, he speaks highly of all of them. You know, he loves uh, Krejci. Yeah, loves I, I mean, well, Krejci. I mean, and the chemistry is there. Oh, yeah. You know, speaking about, uh, you know, players playing different from the beginning of the season, uh, and then after the trade deadline, great like chemistry between Taylor Hall and David Krejci is it's palpable. It's exciting. What did we? What did I say? I said these guys after a week of playing together. I said these guys look like they've been playing together for a decade. They no look passes. Fit. Like it works, and they're playing so well together. And obviously, you know, Taylor Hall is fitting in with the rapport in the locker room. Uh, I, he really enjoys being under the leadership and guidance of Bergeron, uh, which I mean a lot of these guys do yeah a lot of these guys want to come play for bergeron because he has a a, a different style of leading and a different uh style of just handling things in general that just makes him such a really just such a good leader um you know i i just that makes me so happy it makes me happy like i love seeing taylor hall out on the ice for the bruins i wish they had gotten him all of those years ago, but I think Taylor Hall needed to go through what he went through, be with these teams, uh, and and want to play for the Bruins. See what the difference is between you know Buffalo, Edmonton, and and New and, Jersey, and, you know, and, and him Arizona, flat. and Buffalo. Yeah. These losing cultures, like you've made your money. Well, and that's the thing. Like he doesn't even he doesn't care about the money. Well, I don't know. Well, well, I mean, he, but, said, but he said I don't know what my worth is, but we'll figure that out in the off season. But, like, it sounds like he wants to be here and he wants to be here bad enough where he's willing to um, make a pay that is make a salary considerable that's... amongst the other players. Well, this is something that you and I talked about, and I think we talked about it last week. But, like, if management, you know, Shirelli, not Shirelli, um, Sweeney and Cassidy and Neely go to, say, Bergeron and Marshan. And say, hey, we're going to keep Taylor Hall, but he's going to make more than you guys. Are you okay with that? You know that they would say yes, but at the same time, you should have Taylor Hall say, I should not be making more than Bergeron or Marchand. That's their. This is their team. I'm just kind of along for the ride. Like, they already won. They already went to multiple Stanley Cups. They're in the playoffs every year without me. I've never won a goddamn thing. So, like, this is the first time he's won a playoff series in his career, and he's been in the league 10 years, 11 years? No, 10 years, because he came out as, like, 19 years old. 
when he's 29. So 10 years, this is his first real taste of the playoffs because I don't count the uh, play-in round from last year, the play-in tournament, when you know 12 teams in each, in each uh, conference get in. This is the first time, and he likes it. Like, he had the opportunity. Like, really, his teams came down to Boston or Buffalo. Buffalo said, we'll give you $8 million. He's like, I'm there. Boston was like, well, we're not going to give you $8 million. We'll give you, you know, maybe five and a half, six, maybe six and a half, because you can't make more than Bergeron or Marchand. Krejci does, but that's a whole different thing. Right. But I think he... He likes not having that pressure. He likes not being the guy. But in that same vein, like not being the guy has freed him up to play hockey, enjoy playing hockey. And then, you know, at the same time, he's playing really good hockey. He's becoming that guy again. But that pressure isn't on him here. You know right. what I mean? Like, like you know, the he's Bruins not just the top want him. Line savior of the franchise right like the Bruins just want him to be a member of the team they want him to you know pass the puck they want him to make plays and if he can score camp out on the wing and he's also played some stellar defense he's made some great well, plays. And that's he's the selling thing. himself I out to block so shots impressed by him and and doesn't complain no He's he's getting the ice time, but if like you know he's he's on he's on the power play. I mean, you have to have him on the power. It, I like what the Bruins do, where they put four forwards and uh, one defenseman. One, yeah, so it's you, but it's usually Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Krejci. So they have a backup center. Great two-way players. They have Krejci, who's a backup center, and then McAvoy. So like all of their offensive skill and playmakers on the top line, and then you have. You know, the kind of like the bruising line where you have Coyle and Richie and you'll put two defensemen out, Coyle, Richie and Hall. Or you'll mm-hmm. keep you'll keep uh Krejci out there and Richie comes out with Coyle and you know, Grizzlick. Yeah, Grizzlick generally plays on the on the top yeah. line, uh, the second power play unit. So you have Hall over on one side, Richie planting himself in front of the net. So like the two different power play units so you have the skill and finesse on the first one, and then you have, like, the playmaker of Krejci and Hall, the big body of Richie just camped out in front of the net. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many times has somebody just, like, just shot the, the shot the puck off his ass into the net, you know, looking for a deflection? You know, as opposed to guys like, you know, when you, when you have Bergeron out there, you have Marchand and Pasternak on either side of the net, just waiting for that pass so they can just yep. fucking bury it in the open net. So there's a big difference between the way those two uh, those two power play units play, but it's still, like, it's two different... It's like two different games. Um, oof, just watch the... Uh, they're showing highlights of the uh, Nazem Kadri hit, which looks a lot like the hit that took Kevin Miller out. Uh, who did not practice today, neither did Tuka Rask, but he was just getting a maintenance day, just get a day off. I guess two days off in a row wasn't enough because they didn't practice the last two days. They practiced today, which is Thursday. You know what? As long as they win, I don't care. So speaking of winning. That's not where your goalie should be. (laughs) 
<laughs> Five feet to the left of the net. So the Leafs currently lead the Canadiens three games to one. So they're currently playing game five as we speak. And are down 3-1. Because Carey Price, except for the goal that he let up where there was some sort of collision and he ended up five feet off to the side of the net and there were two Canadiens in the net, mm-hmm. like inside the goal, and the Leafs guy just kind of tapped it in. Uh, it was a weird play. Look it up on YouTube. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but Price has not been good in this series. He's given up 11 goals in the three losses. Five in game two, two in game three, and four in game five. So five and four, that's that's not him. But the Canadians don't have any. We've talked about this a hundred times in, in uh, you know, discussing the North Division. There's only a couple of good defensemen. And one of them, maybe the best one, is out. Darnell Nurse, he's done. I mean. So the winner of the series will face Winnipeg. And if the Leafs can make it past this round, it'll be the first time they have made it past the first round since 2004. Oh, I remember that Nathan Horton goal in 2011. Joe Thornton. Became the oldest player in Maple Leafs history to score a goal in the playoffs. And that was a nice shot. It was. Like, that was a wily veteran move. Like, he didn't have a lot of power on it, but it was a nice veteran move. He does look like, you know, a, 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 a maester from, uh, or like a wizard. He looks like a huge, wizard. <laughs> like, he's got this huge beard, but, like, it's trimmed nicely. It's very straight. Yes. Like, he it's, definitely takes time it, to, yes, he puts we, product in it. Uh, I mean, he's been growing it for years, but he know. definitely takes care of it. I, I appreciate the self-care. Uh, John Tavares has been skating. Solo practice. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, it, it's the fact that he's out on the ice. At all. I mean, he's slow, uh, but he's staying on his feet on his skates he's been just kind of moving the puck around and i mean obviously i don't expect him to play i don't expect him back at all uh, uh, until next season maybe if they make it to like the final four maybe yeah maybe maybe if they make it for farther enough uh in the playoffs maybe but it's nice to see him you know seeing that play and a lot of people you know fans and players alike really jolted by what they saw on the ice so the fact that you know the fact that he is not only well but he's up and skating and you know i mean yeah i we don't know the severity of i mean obviously he's concussed we don't know the severity of his concussion you know he won't be back to playing you know anytime soon but it's nice to know that he's feeling well enough to get out and exercise, yeah, get him, on the skates. <laughs> so old. Um, it's like a like Gandalf, like Gandalf-esque. Not like halfway baby betwe- Gandalf. Somewhere between Gandalf Joe and Radagast. Thornton is baby Gandalf. He's between Randolph of Randolph, Radagast and Gandalf. Uh, but I was gonna say like Radagolf. <laughs> yeah, Radagolf. <laughs> that's me. Uh, I was gonna say. The fact that he's up skating and, and, like, able to move the puck and, like, doing stuff. The last time we saw him and he attempted to stand, he, couldn't. he just collapsed yeah. like a bunch of broccoli. Bonus points if you know what movie that's from. Um, so, watching this series, I'm very torn between wanting the Habs to lose and then not having to look at Austin Matthews' terrible fucking 
12-year-old mustache that he's attempting you know, to grow. You know, he's trying, okay? No, no. This isn't like Sidney Crosby's terrible fucking mustache that he grows as his quote-unquote playoff beard. He's been growing this all season, and it's like... He looks at like if he wipes his his the, his upper lip, half of it will disappear, and oh, we'll find like out that it's chocolate milk mustache. Like we'll find out it's coffee grounds stuck to his face with honey. It's Nesquik. It's it's <laughs> it's you know brown marker, you know coloring in his upper lip. Like, it, oh god, that thing is terrible. So the Golden Knights and the Wild are tied up at three games each heading into game seven, which is tomorrow. That game five where they only had 10 shots. The Wild had 10 shots on goal, but they scored on three of them. This series has been been wild. Oh, like you want to talk like ridiculous shit going on. They had Pauly Shore cranking the fucking horn the other night. (laughs) Like, you know, the, at the beginning Is of Polly every Golden Shore Knights still relevant. Like at the beginning of every Golden Knights game, they have somebody like cranking the uh, like the air raid siren or whatever. I'm cranking like, the they horn, had, buddy. They had they had Gene Simmons <laughs> one night. They had uh they had somebody else the other night. I forget who the fuck it was. And then I look over and I'm like Let's see what other D list celebrity is looking at to at, crank at, this at horn. And I'm like, I think that's I think that's Polly Shore. I like there's no way that's Polly Shore, but I'm like I think that's Polly Shore cranking the siren. And they went back and they showed him and he was he was struggling. Like What's your, next game is gonna be Carrot Top. I mean he is in Vegas already. <laughs> Mariah Carey cranking it up. Uh, oh no, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't make an appearance. Oh, uh, manual labor for uh, any for anything less than probably a couple million. She, she wouldn't, would she would she would do it. she would make one of her underlings do it. Yeah. <laughs> make Nick Cannon do it. Uh, but yeah, that that's just. I'm hoping they play Colorado because those two teams have been going back and forth. That would be a seven game series that I would love. But yeah, the uh, the like the Bruins had that same type of thing where they had like two shots. They, no, they had three shots uh, in the second period the other night, and they scored on two of them. God, I need a shot. The uh, the Wild only had three shots. Uh, at one point, no, they had seven shots and they had scored three goals shot, off of it. Shot, 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 then they only shot, had shot, one shot, shot, shot throughout shot, the entire shot, shot. second period, <laughs> which was insane. And Vegas could do nothing. Like Cam Talbot once again stole that. He's stolen them a couple of games because Flurry has just been amazing. Like game one, Talbot was that. That was the best game of the playoffs so far. Like I will. I will. I will die on that. That hill. that, that game zero, was zero. just Ugh. absolutely bonkers, and it was uh, one of those games where you're watching it, and it's like I kind of want them both to win because they're both playing really well. I hope they're having a really good time. I ho- I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so the winner of that series is going to take on Colorado in round two. And that game, even though we don't have a winner yet, that game is set to start on Sunday. Yes, because that game uh, that game is tomorrow night at nine. Uh, the Predators and um, Predators and Hurricanes tip off. uh Puck drop is in about half an hour from now. It's 9 o'clock, so it's, it, that's 
So, yeah. So this is going to be crazy. So right now, only two games are scheduled for round two. We have Mm -hmm. the Bruins versus the Islanders on Saturday. And either the Golden Knights or the Minnesota Wild versus the Colorado Avalanche on Sunday. So I'm excited. By by, Yeah, by Sunday night, we'll know. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll know, know the makeup of, of the, the second round of the playoffs. Right, right. So uh, it's going to be exciting. This has already been some of the, I want to say some of the most exciting playoff hockey we've seen. Yeah, uh, I'm liking. Uh, some of these series have just been I'm like the fact that there are so four Canadian good. teams in you know, in the playoffs. Right, because it's actually giving the Canadian teams a chance to, to be in the playoffs. And giving because, the Canadian you know, fans think of how many, to watch. Well, exactly. Think of how many years a Canadian team has not even made it into the playoffs. Lots and lots. You know, that, that you lots. know, does happen. Or they get bounced in the first round. So at this point, you're at least guaranteed to have a Canadian team make it into the third round of the playoffs. So that that's pretty exciting. Right, because one of them is going to be in the final four. So uh, up next, we have some uh, some baseball news. Um, baseball. The Red Sox ha- are now half a game behind Tampa Bay uh, in the uh, American League East. Uh, and that's only because Tampa, who was 21, uh, 20 and 20, uh I'm sorry, no, they, they, they just lost a couple days ago. But they rode an 11-game winning streak to the top of the AL East. So that was awesome. Uh, the Sox still need uh, eighth-inning help because Adam Adovino is just not not cutting it. But they are uh, only two games back of the best record in baseball, which belongs to the San Diego Padres at 32-18. and 18. And I think right now... The National League West is probably the most competitive division in all of baseball because behind the Padres, you have the Dodgers and Giants both at 30 and 19. And the Do- uh, the Giants are another one of those teams that has surprised everyone. Tampa, too. Like, uh, the Yankees in a different way because they're third in the division um, and not a lot of people thought that was going to happen, especially with the pitching staff that they put together. Uh, the offense that they have. But, you know, as usual, Giancarlo Stanton is hurt. Uh, that guy could be such a, a like a, an X factor if he could ever play. Like, he, the guy never plays a full season, and he makes so much fucking money. You know, he had a couple of really good seasons when he was just knocking the shit out of the ball. But um, And like I talked about, uh, the Angels are better without Mike Trout. At the time of his injury, the Angels were 18-23 and 23. Uh, in the eight games since he went on the injured list. They've gone 4-4 four and four and won three in a row, equaling their season best. And ESPN even uh, had a, a list of everybody's, every, uh, every player, or I'm sorry, every team and their MVP. And they picked Shohei Otani of the Angels as the Angels' MVP. So it'll be interesting... To be like, well, but Mike Trout is the best, isn't he? Well, you know, they're better without him. In the 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 years uh, that he's played, because he doesn't always play a full season, because he gets hurt a lot, uh, usually his calf, which is what's hurt now, uh, they are uh, about four games over 500 with him and four games over 500 without him. Again, leading to... How valuable is he? Uh, so Otani right now 
is batting 270 with 15 home runs, which is, I think, second in all of Major League Baseball. Wow. 38 RBI and six steals. Shohei Otani is also one of the best pitchers in baseball at a record of 1-0, and 45 strikeouts, and an ERA of 237. Now, he doesn't get a lot of wins because the Angels just don't win games. Um, he actually, uh, tonight, I actually just got an update a few minutes ago. He uh, had to get scratched from his start. He was supposed to uh, be the starting pitcher tonight for the Angels, but uh, hit traffic and missed the beginning of the game. <laughs> what? I wish I was he making that hit up. traffic. Don't they need to be at the... I don't even know where they play. The park. Because they're the, the Los stadium, Angeles Angels the... of Anaheim. So I don't know where the fuck they play. I'm guessing either Los Angeles or Anaheim. Yeah, but don't you, don't you have to be... Yeah, you have to be at the ballpark at a specific time. He couldn't get there in time. So he couldn't do his warm-ups. Like, he didn't miss the start of the game, but, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious. But he did hit traffic and was significantly late to the point where they had to start another pitcher. They had to take the next guy up. Baseball players, just like the rest of us. Yeah. So I want, like I said, I want to make sure I'm doing my research. You know, they're 4-4, four and four, so they're at 500, which is better than they were with Mike Trout. They were five games under 500 with him. They're four and four, so they went one and three. They were one and four, and they just won three in a row. Their their best streak of the season, three in a row. So they have tied their best streak. Uh, and with Mike Trout, they actually lost five straight. So just throwing that out there. Uh, so the NBA playoffs are also in full swing. Uh, the Bucks are up 2-0 on the Heat. Uh, the first game being decided by a great shot by Chris Middleton at the end of uh, overtime. And the second game uh, wasn't even close. Uh, they got uh, The Heat got absolutely blown out. Uh, the Bucks showing that they are a much better team and that they learned from last year and the uh, additions that they uh, brought in uh, between offseason and midseason trades, um, they made a difference. You know, yeah, they had the best record in basketball last year. Uh, the number six seed Heat came in and just took it to them because the Heat were a lot tougher. And they were able to neutra neutralize uh, Giannis with Bam Adebayo. And this year, the Bucks are having none of it. They are uh, playing a lot better. Uh, the Suns and Lakers tied 1-1. Uh, Suns took game one in Phoenix, 99-90. Uh, to uh, that was the game where uh, somehow, oh, the Leafs just scored. It is now 3-2. to two. Uh, Power play. Yep. Uh, that's the game where uh, Chris Paul got hurt. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but, you know, some say that he might have, like, pulled his shoulder out of his socket, but he could barely dribble, couldn't shoot. He was still shooting, though. That's just, you know, the mentality of NBA players are just going to keep shooting no matter fucking what. Uh, it's like, oh, my right arm is dislocated. I'm still going to shoot. I'm still going to keep shooting, even though I can't possibly fucking hit because my arm is dislocated. But somehow he was able, you know, six foot three, 180-pound Chris Paul was able to pull down on a box out on a missed free throw by LeBron. I suck at hitting free throws in the clutch. And look it up. He shoots about 70% for his career. 
and he can't shoot at the end of games. When there's games on the line, LeBron does not deliver at the free throw line. He just doesn't. Uh, but somehow, six foot three, hundred eighty, hundred ninety pound Chris Paul with a, a a bad wing is able to pull down six eight, two hundred eighty pound LeBron on a box out, and then LeBron rolls around on the ground like he's being murdered, like he just got choke slammed by fucking Jason Voorhees. There's this meme going around, uh, and it's one of those, like, you have to touch the picture, and the bigger picture opens up. Mm -hmm. So it's a picture of LeBron just standing there, and it says, touch LeBron. So you touch him, and then the next picture you see is him rolling around on the it's floor. It's like, not so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't press so hard. There was uh, another one that uh, shared by our good buddy Lavelle. Um, he, uh, Lavelle Porter of uh, uh, Black Rabbit. Uh, where that I wrote for for a little bit, um, BlackRabbit.com. Check them out; they're fucking great. Um, he posted a meme, and it was uh, you know computer generated Jordan and and Kobe standing on the court having having traded jerseys. It's like Kobe and Jordan are the guys who would try to convince you they weren't hurt when they were. Mm -hmm. LeBron is the guy who tries to convince you he is hurt when he isn't. And like then there was another meme of a uh, a pitcher who took a 94 mile an hour uh, fastball to the face, who got up after 34 seconds, and they showed him he, his face was fucked up. Like he took that 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 you know batted ball to the face. He got up after 34 seconds. We watched Blake Wheeler take mm -hmm. a fucking point oh blank slap shot to the balls the other day oh my god he Doubled was like over? six feet six feet away from the guy and kept playing he i mean they blew it dead because he was rolling around on the ground but he was probably on the ground for about 12 to 15 seconds got up skated off under his own power got to the bench went started going down the tunnel and fucking collapsed mm -hmm. but like you said you know we've had our kids you know i was just doing whatever i need to do to help my team win um <laughs> Uh, to go back to the Bucks real quick, they're up 59-42 with uh, just under seven minutes left in the third. Um, so, yeah, uh, LeBron with his goddamn injury histrionics. I fucking hate that. I hate that he does that. It's like you are the biggest, strongest guy in the entire goddamn sport, and you're going to tell me that somebody half your size, you have five inches and 90 pounds on, they're going to throw you around? Like, he does that shit all the time. He flops. He, it's so bad. And it's always against guys that are 100 pounds lighter than him. I fucking hate it. Uh, so they did come back. Anthony Davis played a lot better in the second game. LeBron played better in the second game. And that series is tied 1-1, heading back to L.A. Well, not back, but heading to L.A. Uh, the Nuggets and Blazers are tied 1-1. Uh, the Blazers, in the first game, uh, their strategy was let Nikola Jokic just score as much as he wants because, you know, who cares? Let him score. Don't let him be a playmaker. Uh, they used to do this a lot with Steve Nash. They would just let him score mm -hmm. and not be a playmaker because he was more dangerous at that point. So if you can just, you know, let one guy score, and that's – what I said that they would do because they don't have anyone else. So, like, let Nicola score as much as he want. Let him score 60. You know, and it worked well. So the the Blazers uh, going 
Going home to Portland, they're tied 1-1. 76ers are straight up dominating Washington. They're up 2-0 after a 120-95 victory uh, last night. That saw a fan dump popcorn on Russell Westbrook, who was leaving the game due to an injury. Apparently forgot all about the injury and lost his fucking mind and tried to attack the fan and needed to be restrained by security. Now, everybody says that he's a great competitor and, you know, he's, you know, he's great for the culture uh, of the, 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 the Wizards. And, you know, everybody likes his intensity. But it's like, I have watched this guy for his entire career. And I wish that he would take some of the intensity with which he goes after fans, whether physically or verbally, and, 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 and put that towards winning games. Right. Like, that's what I don't understand. You're, you're leaving the court because you're injured. I mean, yes, the fans should not have done that. That's really disrespectful. But, I mean, if, but, if you're going to have something dumped on you, popcorn's way better than I'm, beer or soda. I mean, this is true. It's a lot easier to clean up and less messy. But and it doesn't hurt like an ice cube. This is true. Uh, plus, you can have snacks for later. Yeah, like cup your your jersey and it falls in your jersey. Now you can. That's probably like twelve dollar popcorn. Right, like that's that's expensive. But anyways, uh, for him to go after the fan and completely disregard the fact that he's injured—that is fucking bullshit. Well, I have had my issues with him for years because this is a guy who doesn't give a fuck about winning. Well, then why is he playing? Because he makes money and he gets. Uh, triple doubles. The guy's making forty million dollars a year. Why wouldn't he play? Like, but that's the problem. Like, he makes that much money, and he is—he uh, got by for the majority of his career on his athleticism. And he's probably the most athletic point guard we have ever seen. I Actually, these, there's no probably about that. He's I, the most athletic I point guard I've ever NBA seen. NBA players make way too much money. But that's their CBA. That's how it works for them. So way too much money. Well, uh, when but, your salary cap is two hundred million. And you have 15 guys on a team, and the NFL is also 200 million. I think it's going up to 208 this year. But you have 53 guys. There are going to be guys that make ridiculous amounts of money, making 30, 40, like 40, 45 it's million. Just, like it's, it's insane. So, it's so unnecessary. And then you get these guys with this sense of entitlement. And I, I, I fully. It's in every sport. Yeah, but I fully believe that NBA players are the most entitled players of all sports. And I will tell you why. Because they have more power uh, to move themselves off a team. Like, I don't feel like playing for this team anymore. I'm going to leave. Look at Anthony Davis last year. Look at uh, James Harden earlier this year. You know, this is a sport where guys will plot and plan at all-star games, like we saw with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant uh, last, uh, right before they went to the when Kyrie was still playing for the Celtics and Durant was still playing for for uh, the Warriors. They're like, yeah, let's get together. We're gonna, you know, and that's their right. That's part of their collective bargaining agreement. They can do whatever they want. Players do this all the time. You know, like that's that's their that's their prerogative. If that's what they want to do, they can do it. But they have a ton of power, you know, as opposed to in the NFL, where you really don't have much power. Like, I want to be traded. Oh, that's too fucking bad. You know, sit out a year. You don't like it. And guys have done that. They've sat out a year. A Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Aaron Rodgers may sit out this year if he doesn't get traded to a team he wants to go to. So you never know. In the NBA, you don't see that. Like, guys will just 
sulk and make things difficult and drag the team down. Again, Anthony Davis last year or two years ago and James Harden this year. But that's such a shitty thing to do. It is. You are playing on a team. The you team, are not the team. The, 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 the organization is paying me $40 million a year and bringing in every player that I said I want. But they hired a coach, and I didn't say that that's the coach I wanted. So I'm going to sulk and complain, and I'm going to show up out of shape and play poorly. And that, that'll teach them. That'll force them to trade me. But it's like, you know, like that, that's a shitty thing to do because ultimately – the guy who is in the wrong, the guy who is causing this problem, gets to go where he wants to get. Anthony Davis got to go to the Lakers and win it's a like, championship. It's like rewarding bad behavior. No, it is. And until the uh, collective bargaining agreement changes, there's nothing that there's nothing that's you're going to do. That's so, that's just so shitty. That's, yeah, I mean, it's I don't like it, for, but and... it's part of the CBA, and they can do whatever they want. I mean, it. It's unfortunate, but my issue with, with Westbrook is the fact that, you know, we there's video evidence of him. He very much is like Wilt Chamberlain where, you know, people said, oh, Wilt can only score and rebound. So one year he decides he's going to lead the league in assists. And he would he'd be wide open, but he would pass to a teammate so the teammate could score. If the teammate passed it back to him, he would just turn around and pass it right back because he wanted the, to get more assists. And Westbrook would do this in uh, Oklahoma City. He would pass to a teammate. If the teammates missed a shot, he'd yell at him. He would, you know, uh, make sure that he got a rebound. Like, even if, like, say, Steven Adams, when he was on that team, he was wide open to get the rebound. Russell would jump up in front of him and take it. And they would just, well, we got to keep Russell happy. And he, again, he has tons and tons of triple doubles. But I look like I look at, you know, and people say, well, he's a competitor. It's not his fault. His teams are bad. And the teams weren't bad. You know, he played on a lot of good teams, but nobody wants to fucking play with him. Durant left. Harden left. And then he got uh, traded to, uh, he got traded over to, um, uh, uh, from Oklahoma City to Houston for Chris Paul because Harden said, well, I can't win with Chris Paul. I want I want uh, Russell Westbrook on my team. And it's like that lasted a year, and, he's, and they both demanded trades because they couldn't play with each other. So nobody wants to play with this guy because all he cares about is numbers. And, yes, he's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame because he is the all-time leader in triple doubles. But he's never going to win a fucking thing. Wow. wow. Toronto just scored to tie it up Galchenyuk. in the third. Galchenyuk. There's eight, just over eight minutes in the third. They've scored on two of their last three shots. Wow. Carey Price is just imploding he looks, before us. He I... looks defeated. Well, Not a good look for you, give Mr. Him, Price. Give him, a, give him a few more minutes. Give him about eight minutes. And if they score again, uh, I think he will be defeated. Do you think this game's going to go into overtime? I no. mean, why not? Everything else has. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be. Uh, I think. I mean, Toronto is definitely building up momentum. I think Toronto's going to win. They've they've scored three straight. Yeah. No, so anyway, sorry. sorry two, I didn't mean two, to... out of, two out of three. They've scored two out of the last three goals. Um. So oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the next. 
Uh, the Knicks won their first playoff game since 2013, beating the Hawks 101 to 92. Uh, to not up this series as they head down to Atlanta. This is a really interesting series to me, the 4-5 seed, uh, because, you know, again, this is the most evenly matched uh, of the of the, the seedings. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Like, Trey Young stepped up huge in game one. He was shushing the New York crowd, which they didn't like. People were yelling, like, fuck Trey Young and shit like that. Um, and... Then the, the Knicks responded by going, you know, winning by eight. Uh, and now the number one seeded Jazz uh, beat the Grizzlies 141-129, despite John ja Morant scoring a franchise record 47 points to even up that series as it shifts to Memphis. Uh, Morant, this is a guy who got, uh, I think he got Rookie of the Year over, um, I think they were t- it was between him, Trey Young, and... Uh, People were saying Zion, but Zion only played like 20 games. And they're like, oh, give him the rookie of the year. We're like, fuck you, give him the rookie of the year. Like, no. Like, I hate when they do that shit. Um, so, whatever. Um, I don't want to get into the, the whole Kyrie Irving thing. We'll talk about that next week because I want to see how this kind of plays out and what happens. But... For those of you who know what the Kyrie Irving thing is and how Danny Ainge responded to it and then how Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart responded to that, because if we, we go on this, like this is going to be a, a deep would, political conversation. Yes, yes. We're going we're gonna to spare your ears And right I would now. rather have, uh, as, as two white people, I would rather not comment on it. I would rather have a guest on to talk about this who has a different perspective. So uh, I'm going to reach out to a couple people and talk about it, uh, hopefully next week. So... We're going to move on from that. So in the NFL, the Eagles have named uh, Catherine Reich, and I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that right because um, her name has some uh, – it's, it's a European name, much like Luka Doncic has, like, the different, like, accent marks over okay. her name. Yep. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce all of the uh, European accents, so I just, you know, if I pronounce it wrong, I apologize. Uh, but she has been named the Vice President of Football Operations and is uh, the highest-ranking woman in personnel in NFL history. Good for her. Yeah, I thought that was huge. Um, um, yeah, it, it's it's a great move. Like, we've been announcing a lot of stuff going on with uh, women being promoted and put into uh, upper-level roles. Uh, I mean, you're great. seeing that a lot, not only with the NFL, but with the NHL as well. Yes. Uh, the NBA was really, like, the first one to do it. Greg Popovich hired, and I, her name is, com- I'm completely blanking it. Although, many, many decades ago, Al Davis had uh, a woman who was very high up in his front office. Um, and she was every bit a bulldog as as he was. And she was really the only one who would stand up to him. And that's why he hired her and put her in a position Good like that. Good for her. Yeah, and that's a, that's a guy who had so much power in the NFL, he sued the league to move his team. And, you know, speaking of owners that have uh, power in the NFL, we're not going to get into this story either about Donald Trump paying a senator to not investigate Robert Kraft on behalf of Robert Kraft uh, in the 2007 Spygate, which I fucking hate. Just anytime there's a scandal, they just add the word gate, gate. to it. Fuck that. That's so stupid. 
Uh, it's like saying, oh, I'm a chocoholic. Oh, you're addicted to chocohol? What the fuck is that? Uh, so we're not going to talk about that either because, again, that's something that we, we could just go off on. There's a lot of information. Uh, check out the story on ESPN. I think it's very interesting. I'm not going to talk about that, but I just wanted to bring it to your attention that this is something that happened, and it was on the front page of ESPN the other day. Um, Julio Jones is potentially on the move, and he is uh, he is uh, one of the better receivers available. If all of a sudden, you know, he's a he's a guy who could change your team. Um, I mean, there he, was that picture going around of him in a Dallas Cowboys hoodie, and so. Shannon Sharp, his uncle, called him live on first take, and I don't think he knew that he was on TV. But Shannon called him live on TV and said, are you going to Dallas? What's up with that picture? Because Skip Bayless, his co-host, is a huge Dallas fan. And he's like, no, I'm not going to Dallas. No. And he goes, but are you going back to Atlanta? He goes, no, man, I'm out of there. Like, I think he may have chosen his words a little more carefully. If he knew he was on TV, he might not have said this. But cat's out of the bag now. Like, apparently the Falcons have been taking calls, and uh, the last thing I heard is that someone offered a future first-round pick for him. I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Falcons, I don't know why you wait now. Like, I would have blown it up. You know, trade Matt Ryan, trade Julio Jones before the draft, get some more draft picks. Bring like they could have had a quarterback at number four. They had the number four pick, and they took a tight end. Like you could have had uh, much better, much better uh, players had you uh, had you. D- I, I don't know. It's yeah. They they could have handled this whole situation differently. But did they know that Julio Jones wanted to be moved at that point? Well, I I think like he, that's it my question. It's not that it, whether or not he wanted to move. Again, the NFL, you don't have, like, no-trade clauses. Like, it's very rare that you that you have a no-trade clause anywhere uh, in the NBA. But, uh, I mean, uh, the NFL. But there are a few teams who have the ability to trade for him. Like, everyone around here is like, oh, he's going to the Patriots. He's coming to the Patriots. Oh, he says he wants to play with Cam. First of all, who the fuck wants Cam Newton throwing them the football? Like... Reports out of training camp, first impressions today. He hasn't changed his throwing motion and is just as bad as he was last year. But he looks a little skinnier in the legs. But he was wearing yoga pants, so that might have accounted for it. Like, (laughs) he can't throw. It doesn't matter who his receivers are. Uh, Another team that might be good for him, the Ravens. Uh, That would give them another deep threat. The team I want to see him go to, because I think it would really help shift the balance of power in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans. Because now you have A.J. Brown on one side, Julio Jones on the other side. Yeah, you have Ryan Tannehill, who is a serviceable, you know, better than average uh, quarterback for the last couple of years. And then you have Derrick Henry, so you can't just load up and try to stop Derrick Henry. You can't drop eight guys back and cover the two receivers like you have to legitimately, you know, play honest. Um, I think they could give the Chiefs a run for their money. Now, if the Chiefs were to get him, fucking game over. 
The one place I know he's not going, Tampa Bay, because they just cannot afford to put him down there, and they don't have anything to trade for him. So, um, but how about you? If you're a Patriots fan, do you want to see Julio go to your team? Or would you rather see, like, I don't want him on the Raiders, because I like what the Raiders have. He would help, but what they would have to give up in order to get him, no. I like what we've got, because they would want Henry Ruggs, and I don't want to give up Henry Ruggs. So, I'm going to say, go to the Titans, because he's going to put up monster numbers if he can stay healthy. It's not going to cost him much, because he's making $15 million a year. So... I don't know. And uh, we mentioned uh, Adam Vinatieri earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, who is responsible for two of Tom Brady's rings and one of Peyton Manning's, has announced his retirement. Uh, he is 48. Wow, good for him. 48, the all-time leading scorer. He had uh, three Pro Bowls, three all-time, um, I'm sorry, three first-team All-Pros. 599 field goals, couldn't just get that last one. And a total of 2,673 points. 29 game-winning kicks, including the rigged tuck rule game, as well as Super Bowl uh, 36 and 38. Has the most rings ever for a kicker. Uh, Four, three with the Patriots, one with the Colts. Uh, Bill Belichick called him the greatest kicker of all time and called the tuck rule game kick in the snow the greatest kick of all time. Hard to argue with each one of either one of those. I met him in 1996. Did you really? Right down the street from where we are right now. Uh, they were doing a charity basketball game. It was like some Patriots guys, including Steve Grogan, Max Lane, uh, Adam Vinatieri. I was, uh, might have been 97. Because I was 15 or 16. And I was bigger than Vinatieri. And really? now I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm like 5'10", 280, 285, somewhere in there. At that time, I was 5'8", 115 pounds. So he, you know, he was broader than I was. You know, he was more muscular because he was a professional athlete. But uh, I met him at the charity basketball game. They were all signing stuff. Fred Smurlis. I actually had Fred Smurla sign a Chris Slade rookie card. I handed him the card. He goes, hey, that ain't me. I said, yeah, I know, but I like stuff that's, you know, different and, you know, unique. And, uh, you know, if you know me now, you know, some of the stuff I give away, I, I raffle off in the major sports drops group is unique, like a Magic Johnson football helmet. So uh, I asked him. You know, maybe this was the start of, like, my interviewing. This is probably the first question I ever asked a celebrity. I said, hey, what would you think of uh, Eddie George getting Rookie of the Year over Terry Glenn? Don't you think Terry should have gotten it? Cause Terry Glenn had 90 catches that year. I said, don't you think Terry Glenn should have gotten Rookie of the Year over Eddie George? I mean, both were deserving, but don't you think? And he's like, well, he's like, yeah, they, they don't ask me what I think. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you're a pin. And he's like, mm, we're not going to go with it. So even at that point. The Patriot Way was was in was in place. Um, so, for a miscellaneous fact, there are a lot of folks in Japan trying to get the Olympics canceled, and like one of their most prominent newspapers is calling for the cancellation of the Olympics as well, mainly because this is going to be a super spreader event because you're going to have people from all over the world coming into Japan, where COVID is rampantly spreading around and only 2% of the population is vaccinated. You would think that in a a country that is that advanced, 
they would have a higher vaccination rate than we do, where the majority of the of the population just sits around going, oh, science isn't real if you just close your eyes and believe hard enough. So I'm very shocked that, you know, and here's the thing. It's supposed to happen in, you know, June, July. And then the Winter Olympics are supposed to be six months later. The Winter Olympics are supposed to come out in January. Like, they're eight months away. I don't... I, I forget where winter is supposed to be. Winter is coming. Winter is it's, coming, it's yes. It's going to be in the north um, in Winterfell. But my opinion on this, Simone Biles needs to be protected at all costs. At all cost. Uh, I don't know if any of you had seen or if you're into U.S. gymnastics at all. Uh, I am a little bit. Uh, not as much as I love ice skating, figure skating. But uh, I do really enjoy gymnastics. And Simone Biles was doing a vault. And obviously she's on the Olympic team. She doesn't need to qualify or anything like that. Like, she's already done that. She did She did the thing. She's, she's good. Uh but she did a, a vault competition and she flew. Like, I am not kidding. She fucking flew. She went so high. Like, I don't know the exact footage or anything, but she went so high. It was impressive and incredible. And then she stuck the landing. I'm like, girl, you just did that thing. Like, it was it was really impressive. So I think that if they do decide to go through with the Olympics, you know, it just, I just... We're in a position where you just need to be smart. Just be smart. Make good choices. Make good decisions. You know, think about other people. Do real research. Don't get your science um, from memes or... Or Facebook. Don't, Facebook don't get your information from Facebook. Like Facebook the is the young worst. American patriots are not going to um, give you the best science. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens moving forward with that. Obviously, the Olympics, uh, Summer Olympics were supposed to be last year. And they were postponed because of everything that was happening and is sort of kind of still happening in different parts of the country. Um, my thought is, why don't they move it? I mean, now I know now it's, it's a matter of way time. Too late. Right? No, I, I understand that now it's a it's a matter of time. And it's but money. You know, there's uh, so much money invested in. Uh, you, you have to get the the, the venue set up. Oh you no! Have I to, know all uh, that goes into you know creating the Olympic Village and making sure that you have the proper locations for the different events and that these locations can house people and such. You know, like I I I totally I I get that, but. Uh, you know, it's um, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. I wish everyone the best. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I would feel bad because there's a lot of people who like this is their only shot, and maybe they just got to it. I would feel bad for all the competitors who maybe right, won't have all another of these, chance. You know, I mean, some of these are kids who just recently qualified. Some of these are people who have been trying to qualify for, for years, years well, that's you know, what I'm just saying, like, missing the cut. And finally, they make the Olympic team. And, you know, it's uh, it's just... It's, it's a, unfortunate. It's, it's a sad it's, day all around. It's it's bad news bears all around. Like, it's just... It's you know, hard to it, enjoy it, your medal on a respirator. You know, uh, there's... You, <laughs> 
you know, here's hoping that uh, if it does take place, that everyone is safe. Here's hoping that they can get as many athletes vaccinated. Uh, that's super important. You, you may know. see a bunch of countries boycott like the Soviets did in 1980. Like, you might see a bunch of countries boycott, so... You know, then... In Soviet Russia, Olympic boycott you. Oh, possibly. So that's pretty much all we have, uh, other than you were right, I was wrong, the... Uh, the uh, Maple Leafs. It's going into overtime! Yeah, three to three. Although, this play right here, where. Oh, that's not it. There was a, a, a shot with about eight seconds left where the puck went uh, off In of. In between Carey Price. It went Price's off legs. of Carey Price, and there was a Maple Leaf guy with an open net. But the puck was bouncing kind of crazy, and he took a swing at it. Oh, and he couldn't he, get control. If he connected, that puck was going in the net, and the game was going to be over. But he swung and missed. Like, the puck was bouncing like crazy. Like, there was, if he hit it, it would have been like a one-in-a-million shot. But So they're going into overtime. Montreal has none of the momentum. Uh, the ice was tilted. Yeah, it's... I, I don't think this goes past I mean, the five past minutes. the past two periods the ice has been lopsided and uh some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill <laughs> that was my terrible so yeah I, I think Toronto takes it tonight I, I think yeah that, that uh, ends and they they go on to face uh, Toronto finally makes it past the first round and we'll see what happens but yeah in round two so uh anything you want to add? Until next week, kids, try to stay out of the penalty box. Go Bruins! All right, and uh, peace out. We out of here. Good night. Good night, 